What's this? A lost episode of Grown Up Punk? Stick around, kids. For those of you new to the show, new to growing up punk, I mean, technically, it's it's new in itself. We've only got a couple official episodes in the books, but it morphed from an old podcast that went by the name of Music to My Peers, uh, so you're going to hear us refer to Music to My Peers a few times in this episode if you're confused. That is why there was a name change, but along with that name change, there was not along with, this just happened to coincide, uh, we lost a lot of our old episodes, while well, all of them, our server that we were on, it is no more. Uh, so these are lost episodes that used to be up. Now we're going to put them up again. Uh, so here you go. This one on a little band called Slick Shoes, and it's fitting right now because uh, as of recording this little intro here, they've announced that they are back on Tooth & Nail. They've got a live album coming out, and they're in the studio working on a brand new album. So that is exciting. This discussion is about all of that discography beforehand. So here you go. A lost episode of Growing Up Punk, formerly known as Music to My Peers, all about Slick Shoes. Slick Shoes? Are you crazy? Okay, so this is going to be um, a very... Well, not very different, but a different kind of episode. We're gonna. I wanted to start something new inside the music to my peers umbrella and uh, i thought who better than aaron who's been on a couple times and um, one of the things that works really well is i want i'm pretty sure yeah the last episode that you were on we reviewed a couple older albums now we did those against each other that was face to face and mill and colin yeah specifically self-titled face to face and uh mill and colin's penny bridge pioneers but what i wanted to do at least for this episode and we'll see where we go from there it may expand from that, is we're going to look at entire libraries, uh, discographies, if you will, of some older bands. I mean, we'll see where it goes from there. But the first band that I don't know how we came and decided to go with this band is our first band, but uh, it's what we're doing. We're going to look at and kind of, I guess, review and discuss the discography of Slick Shoes. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, real quick, Aaron, how... So... At what point in uh, the Slick Shoes timeline did you get into them? What was the record that was out when you got into them? Uh, it was Rusty, so that was probably when oh, I yeah. was like 12. We were on a, a family holiday uh, in Vancouver, and you know, anytime we went to a big city, we'd go to the Christian bookstore and you know check out all the sweet demos. Uh, so at that point, I was still mostly just listening to rock. But always kind of had that craving for more, you know. I was always kind of fast-forwarding the slow songs. And and uh, so the the cover of Rusty stood out for some reason. So I remember putting it in and just immediately just being like, man, what is going on here? This is just something I couldn't have imagined. And it just changed my life. I just listened to it nonstop that whole trip. I think for myself, it was, I want to say Burnout was the newest album that was out. Okay. Um, now it's it's kind of hard for me to piece together necessarily because Rusty was the first one that I bought, but I believe Burnout was out because you know the classic Tooth and Nail like songs from the Penalty Box samplers yeah. and stuff like that. That's how I would have heard Slick Shoes for the first time, and I'm pretty sure it would have been East on Tracks. Yeah, is my guess. Um, 
I don't remember exactly which you know um, compilation album that was on, but yeah, that was Penalty yeah, Box one. Was it okay? So yeah, I don't think I. I'm trying to think if I actually owned that though, or if I would have just had friends, you know, as you mentioned in youth group or whatever. So here's the thing: if you're if you're listening to this and you're kind of unfamiliar with Slick Shoes, um, so they're a pop punk skate punk band signed to Tooth and Nail Records uh, in the I guess what mid to late 90s initially yeah and then eventually they found their way to side one dummy um and uh over the over the span of their career i think only their final album was on side one dummy but yeah they're just um, the last one yeah but yeah so if you if you're new to the band that's great I, I want this to be an opportunity where we introduce you to uh some new music but they are actually back together i guess you could say not still together because they took some time off for a while, but they are back together. They released this. Did you have you listened to uh, the song they released earlier this year? Yeah, "Hold Me Down" or something. I, I something was super like super bummed about it to be honest. It just didn't really have anything that stood out to me. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't a bad song by any mean by any means. I I've only listened to it one or two times, but um, that's my problem with singles. Though is I'm not the kind of person who just wants to listen to a song over and over again, like one yeah. song. If it pops up in the middle of an album, you know, then I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I, I definitely will find it in its sequence or whatever. But for it to just be a standalone track, I just didn't, it didn't do anything that gave me a desire to go back to it. But maybe if it was on, you know, if they release an EP or a full length in the future and it's on there, it might feel a little bit different. But um, yeah, let's let's dive in to Rusty then. So this is when you started listening to the band, and uh, this is the first album that I bought, but. It was not the newest at the time, so um, yeah. Dude, what what are your thoughts? I guess on Rusty. Yeah, there's there's just so much good about this album, and you know there there might have been a lot of you know secular bands at this time, kind of doing something like this, but I didn't know about those bands. So when I first heard this, right. it just stood out to me as something just so out there and so much better than everything else I had heard. You know, just the the speed of the album. Um, just stood out to me and the amazing guitar work, you know, especially just for having one guitar player on that album, just yeah. how well he was able to come up with lead guitar parts that fit well, didn't sound empty. You know, the album, it's not like amazing production for then, but it's, it, I think it fits in with, with that era. And, uh, yeah, like know, it's, the, I was to say the, the production on the album's fine. Like it doesn't, there's, um, I actually, without getting too far ahead i think i like the production on rusty better than on burnout oh, if that means anything but yeah I, i've never there are some bands some records where those first record or first couple records before they make that big leap sort of deal which we talked about in the mill and call face-to-face episode um it didn't you know it's not a record that feels that way for me where i'm like oh it is miles worse than you yeah. know what they would do in the future because i think from one album to the next they kind of always sounded different like the same band but yeah. the production for sure sounded different yeah yeah and I'll, uh, the opening track is uh, hey everybody slick shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it goes at all <laughs> uh, slick shoes are you crazy it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I got a great I, idea you guys yeah. slick shoes <laughs> that that brings up a question so have you ever watched the Goonies oh I definitely but it yeah. was probably because of that because of listening yeah. to that and seeing that, I was like, "Oh, what is this movie from?" And then, yeah, 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 awesome I need to check movie. Out the Goonies. Yeah, it's easily one of my favorite. It's especially, it's definitely one of my favorite kind of like 
family adventure sort yeah. of movies. It, it's yeah, up there those. for one of my all-time favorites just to enjoy putting on and watching. Um, but yeah, that that intro is iconic to me. And um, it's, yeah, I, in fact, I, I started the episode with that. This oh, is nice. this is yeah. Yeah, this is me while recording knowing already how I'm starting the episode before <laughs> actually starting the episode. I I'm like that's a great way to introduce this episode. So, oh, um, that that song is just, you know, as soon as I hear it anytime it just takes me back to that place and just gets me pumped for that song. Yeah. Well, it's it. just like well, and, and the, the way they kick the album off like with that it's just Immediate, right? Like they yeah. got the little movie clip, and then immediately nothing, right? Like it's just like, just from the get go, they're like, "This is what we're gonna do." And yeah. I think, yeah, I think they do. It's it's fantastic. And as soon as that comes up, I will again without jumping too far ahead. I wanted to lay down a challenge, and maybe maybe uh, you can uh, you can come up with something here, but. I, I, I encourage you to find, especially on Tooth and Nail Records, a better a band that has a better first three albums that were mm. all released on Tooth and Nail Records. Yeah, I challenge yeah. you or anyone listening to find that. Like, I don't think you're going to find a band that has, regardless, you know, of and we'll get into these later albums. Like, um, regardless of what you may think, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in saying their first three albums are possibly the strongest first three albums out of any tooth and nail band oh for sure even the, even the first two like you know I've, in my, when I was listening to this and thinking of other of other punk bands on tooth and nail like there's lots yeah. that even the second one isn't nearly as good or I shouldn't say nearly as good but kind of shifted styles or you know sure yeah and I'm interested I, I, I you know like kind of this is the first episode but I'm for sure as being a kid who grew up big in uh big in tooth and nail big on into tooth and nail bands i i'm i'm interested in doing this with a couple of bands there are a few on a list that i'm like i would for sure go through and you know discuss discussed no discuss some of these things <laughs> yeah um, maybe i'd be disgusted by it i don't know <laughs> coming back all these years later but uh because with with this particular uh episode here i found that you know, the last two Slick Shoes records, I was not overly familiar with. Like, I had listened to both mm. of them at some point. But yeah. um, so getting to sit down and listen to them intentionally uh, was was an interesting sort of exercise. So I'm, I'm interested in doing that with some other bands that, you know, in my mind, fell off a little bit towards the end and see what I think about them now. But we're still talking about Rusty. We, we don't want to get too. We, we've got we've got what is it? Five records to get through. So yeah, let's do it. We'll uh, we'll keep we'll we'll, we'll uh, stay focused on Rusty here for a minute. Yeah, well, and it, just kind of to make a note on that is, you know, our or at least for myself, my musical taste kind of changed throughout their discography. So even though you know I was familiar with the last two albums, but I didn't get into them kind of the same as the first two. So they didn't have the same impact on me. But it's just kind of interesting, you know, when you have you know four or five or more albums. You know, typically your your tastes have kind of changed a bit in there, so it's interesting to kind of hear how certain albums affect you at certain times of life. And oh, for sure, and and I mean that's exactly. I it's funny when I'm looking at it because like their last album, um, full length, came out. Was it 2003? Um, yeah, I yeah, like I think it, so. Yeah, I was just looking at that yesterday and thinking, man, it's already been 15 years since this album came yeah, out. Yeah, but what what blew my mind is I was. I hadn't really changed 
directions yet as far as what I was listening to. Like, that's the same year that, you know, Blink-182's Untitled or Self-Titled, I think they refer to it as their Untitled album, but that's the same year that came out, right? And I was yeah. still fully in. Like, that was kind of, I guess, the start for me of the turn of listening less and less to pop punk and punk rock sort of stuff and, you know, maybe getting into more post-hardcore, melodic hardcore, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a bit heavier bands, but it was still in that realm considering, you know, that was the last record they released, which is um, pretty crazy to me that, that that was, I thought for sure it would have been like 2005, 2006. And I'd be like, well, that makes sense. By that point, I wasn't really listening to that kind of music anymore, but no, I was I was fully aware and actually saw these guys touring one of their last two records, which is fun. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I also thought there was more of a gap between um, the self-titled and Far From Nowhere, but it was only I think a year or two later. So yeah, they were yeah. they were banging them out um, when it really boiled down to it. Yeah, I, yeah, and I noticed I that too like when I looked was... back on the discography. Like I thought, well, there'd be you know at least a few years in between, but some of them was you know the next year for a number of them. Yeah. Yeah, and for sure, like, I don't know, you know, as far as what month they released, but I mean, like, so Rusty came out in 97, Burnout came out in 98, and I think Wake Up Screaming was 2000, yeah, and then Self-Titled, 2002, and then, yeah, Far From Nowhere, the last one was 2003, so there were a couple times where they literally had less than, we'll say for sure, less than 24 months between record releases, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know how much they were, like, touring back then like you know without the as much internet you didn't really know about tours and stuff unless you saw it in a magazine or or whatever so it'd be interesting to to know you know within those album cycles how many months were they on the road or how much time did they have Mm. to write those albums and yeah i'm i'm curious as well um trying to think back on how i would have heard about shows back then (laughs) because as you mentioned like they're the internet wasn't really a thing yeah <laughs> you know to like to just be like nowadays it's like oh you know sign up log into bands in town or just follow bands on you know facebook instagram twitter whatever and you'll be inundated with you know tours or follow specific uh, promoters on facebook and stuff and you'll get notified when shows are happening it's yeah like, oh yeah versus back then like i'm amazed at some of the bands i saw back then and i'm trying to think how i would have like the first time i saw slick shoes like, how did I hear about that show? I'm not even sure how I heard about that show. Yeah, maybe just, like, through posters. I guess if it was in your city, you could have seen around. But, you know, I grew up in a small town. We didn't... So Yeah, just... so, yeah, like, I, I grew up in a small town outside Calgary. And uh, I'm assuming what would have happened, because I know, like, the very first punk show, the very first punk show that I went to, I saw a flyer for it at... Uh, at a Christian bookstore. I can't remember the bands right now. There's some like sweet, like hardcore punk band though, where all I remember is like the bass player was the lead vocalist and he would get down so far into like, you know, like the Ramones punk rock stance, oh, yeah. like where his legs are as far as part <laughs> as, as possible. But then the microphone, he had it on um, like a, like a boom stand or whatever. So it came up and then he angled it down. Like, so he extended it as far as uh. he could and kind of made it, you know, roughly as tall as he could so that he would be underneath it screaming up towards the roof into the microphone. Yeah. But um, I, I for sure saw the reason I bring that show up is because that show happened at a venue called Soul Tattoo, which that's where eventually I saw Slick Shoes for the first time. So I'm wondering if maybe I saw a flyer, you know, at the same kind of Christian bookstore or whatever, because Soul Tattoo was like a small Christian uh, venue, oh, okay. which eventually got shut down, you know, because 
kids dealing drugs behind it and all this kind of you know the good Christian stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the good well, the, youth group kids dealing drugs behind the venue. The first time I saw them, I was at a at a youth retreat at a college just outside of Winnipeg. So I wouldn't mean, have heard of that from you know a poster right. that came to our church or something. But other other yeah. than that, like you just didn't know about it unless you saw it in a magazine or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have any more thoughts on? I mean, we didn't really dive too deep into Rusty, but. Did you have any, like, standout thoughts? We'll, we'll get into, like, standout tracks specifically because we're going to... We've each compiled a list of 15 songs. Um, so we'll get into standout tracks in a little bit. But was there any kind of moments or things that you, you thought were interesting about this record when you kind of dove a little deeper? Well, one of the main things is is the age of the singer Ryan when he did this album. Like, I think when he joined, he was, like, 12 or 13 or something on the EP. And I, yeah. So this That's, one, you know, was he, like, 14 or 15 and... See, and that's what I was unsure of because I'd always heard, I thought I heard that he joined the band when he was 14, but it could be that this first record came out when he was 14. I'm not sure, but I always knew he was young. And I remember being in high school thinking like, man, that's insane. Like, that is crazy that he is that young and, you know, would be like touring and whatever, right? Like, yeah. So I wonder what that dynamic was, you know, when when they were writing it and lyrics and stuff. And yeah, how does a 14 year old come up with? with that much lyrical content and and content that isn't you know doesn't sound like it's coming from a from a teenager you I know? mean <laughs> there, there are some there of are it moments might, but. yeah when I was looking back on it listening to it this because I mean I still love this record and it holds a very special place in my like heart in my you know like my musical journey or whatever um, but when, when looking back on the lyrics at some points I was kind of like yeah okay like it definitely sounds like it's coming from a teenager but it also got me thinking like what songs they play these days off that record when they're... I mean, they're not playing a ton of shows. I do believe they actually have a live CD or, like, video yeah, sort that. of thing coming out. Yeah, they had recorded, I think, Chain Reaction in uh, Anaheim. Yeah. Like, it was a while ago now, but I was, like, in, in doing... I was like, oh, yeah, reminded of that. But, um, you know, I'm curious as to if there are songs that they wouldn't play anymore. Yeah, I guess. Simply be, yeah, like, because yeah. of, you know, where... Like, lyrically, if he was like, like, for instance, the song Buy What Right. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I just wonder, like, does he still hold the same stance on some of those things? Because it's a pretty, like, straightforward song as yeah, far as, sure. you know, where his beliefs were and if, if any of those have changed or not, right? Like, um, I'd be I'd be interested to hear. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thought about that in listening to this, too. And going, you know, were they lucky that his voice didn't change dramatically over yeah. the course of their career, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like two years later, it's just super deep or just goes higher. Or yeah. Just a whole yeah. album of uh, his voice cracking. That would have been sweet. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. <laughs> just like, just capitalizing on, I mean, Kurt Cobain capitalized on, you know, making his voice crack. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, one lyric that, that stands out that I remember, uh, I can't remember what the song was, but where he says, a girl is a wall that no one can climb. And so when I got into this album, my mom had, you know, she was, you know, really concerned about the music I was listening to and whatever. And, right. And so she sat me down with this and was reading through the lyrics. And I could remember her specifically asking me what I thought that meant. I was like, I don't, I don't know, mom. It's a, it's a punk song. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm not paying that much attention. But I just found it funny that that moment has stuck with me, that that's kind of what stood out to her. That's incredible. About the album or whatever, so... That's funny. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, all in all, I still I, this this record is the one that I'll still go back to. Yeah, um, even without being prompted, you know, by an episode sort of thing, I will go back to this record because oh, it for is sure. it's unbelievable. And I mean, I know we didn't know each other when this happened, but I, I do hold a little bit of a grudge that you used to own this on vinyl, right? Sure did. And then you just gave it away to a friend who. A friend of ours, even though I didn't didn't know you at the time, but yeah, every well, time I go to his house and I see it, I'm just like, ah, man. If yeah, only. <laughs> so, some of those were just because it was tooth and nail and it was on sale, and I yeah. would just I'd just buy it up. I never even I never listened like, to it. Like, how old once. were you when you bought it? Well, I don't know, like maybe 14 or 15 or something. That's impressive that you were like just randomly buying vinyl because. Well, I didn't. Yeah, and I think it, it was just one of those things. It's like, oh, this is from that band that I love. I, yeah, you know, I can't even remember the specific thought process by it. Like, I don't know why I didn't buy like T-shirts or something that I could have actually right. used, or maybe I did, <laughs> but you know, to borrow my dad's credit card and whatever, and probably had to you know phone yeah. it in or maybe had email then. But yeah, yeah. but it's that's, uh, I'm, that's I'm definitely still glad I, Yeah, I gotta figure Great out record. a way to get it. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can figure out a trade or something with him. But I doubt he would let go of it. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll, oh, well. I'll just put a new term on that. 50% of the time you get it. Split custody. Yeah. <laughs> Split custody. I like it. I like it. Okay. So uh, did, was there anything else you wanted to say about Rusty before we move on to Burnout? I'm interested what it, what it did sales-wise. Like back then, if, oh, it, yeah. you know, if there was just so many of these bands that it wasn't a big thing. or you Because know, in my yeah. mind, with a lot of these bands, I'm just like, oh, this band must have been huge. This album was amazing. But, yeah. you know, then when I got into that space, you know, as a band and kind of realized like, oh, okay, it's not really anything. You yeah. Know? Now, it's interesting because they were one of, you know, kind of those tooth and nail bands that eventually broke out of, you know, just being labeled a Christian band, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, they eventually signed a side one dummy, which I wonder how much, you know, like uh, their relationship with MXPX had to play in that because MXPX released an album on side one dummy if i remember correctly. yeah yeah they did panic yeah, yeah as pan- i was which, reading was that around the same time i can't remember the year on that as i was reading the slick shoes wikipedia it just said that it didn't have anything to do with religious reasons they had just their yeah. contract was up and they wanted to move to something else and so maybe yeah, mxpx yeah. Just, had put that out by then so through that connection yeah. maybe that's what i'm wondering is if like there was i feel like they were it was i'm just looking right now to see when panic was released um, Panic was released in 2005, so they would have gone over to Side One Dummy before oh, okay. MXPX. Oh, maybe um, it was them. So maybe MXPX. it was like, yeah, maybe I would say maybe it was you know kind of the reverse sort of thing. But um, I mean, MXPX also you know they had an EP out on Fat Records. They yeah. like they kind of dabbled here, there, and everywhere. But um, but yeah, they were. Having said that, they were one of those bands that did eventually kind of break out. And I mean, it was just their last album. It would have been interesting to see if they kind of kept going. You know, where you know if they'd signed more than a one album deal with Side One Dummy or whatever, but kept producing music to see where it would have gone. But um, speaking of MXPX, one thing I noticed, especially on the first two records, if not just Rusty, how much there are specific points that remind me of Life in General. Which would have been, you know, like I think Life in General was 96. Is that when that one came out? Yeah. So like right before kind of Rusty, uh, wouldn't obviously not surprised if it played an influence on them. And uh, which is great. Like it's just kind of one of those things that adds to just how good that record really is. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd be really interested to, to hear that. Like, maybe bands back then, you know, because they would have been maybe a similar age and style, like, maybe they weren't really influenced by by other current bands in that scene. And Yeah. Well, I mean, well, like, I think it was on their Wikipedia, too, it listed, you know, like all the classics, Descendants, you know, yeah, all yeah. stuff like that, um, which, I mean, technically those are the musically the two same bands. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, listing those kind of classic influences... But uh, I mean, MXPX lists them as well. I just wouldn't be surprised if hearing life in general. Um, and I, I didn't look at producers. I don't know who produced those records, if they were the same guy or not. Because they don't, like, I don't think they sound the same. Yeah, like Steve Kravak, who produced Life in General, then produced Burnout. So maybe there, like, there might be a connection there. Maybe it was just Tooth and Nail saying, you know, look what Steve did for MXPX and Life in General and... And slowly going the way the Buffalo, like, let's see what he can do with you guys between Rusty and Burnout. Yeah, which is interesting. Now, I, I, and I meant to do this and I didn't, but I should go back and listen more closely. We're going to talk about Burnout now, but should go back and listen more closely to Burnout. Because with Steve uh, Kravak, I could hear in listening to the early Dingy's records, in listening to the Cooties Let's Play House record, um, there's a very specific drum sound on those records that sounds like slowly going the way of the buffalo and so i'm like oh i didn't i meant to do that with um with burnout but i i didn't get around to it i forgot here's the thing burnout here, here are my... So, like, East on Tracks, I think, is the song, like I said, that I can pinpoint that um, kind of introduced me to Slick Shoes. And it's still one of my favorites. It's it's a song that I was never actually able to play on guitar, no matter how hard I tried. Like, I know the riff, but it's just played so tight and so fast, and it's all palm-muted that I'm like, I was never... I was never good enough. I was always a crappy guitar player, which is, which is fine. You can get along playing punk rock being a crappy guitar player. But you can also be a really good guitar player and play punk rock really well. And I think that's what happened on this riff. It's yeah. so it's so good and it's so iconic um, for the band. I want to say that's probably potentially you know one of the songs that when people think of Slick Shoes, maybe that's the one. I don't know. I, w- I would put my money on that. But, uh, oh, I think- for sure. Well, and that's the one that was on that Songs from the Penalty Box. And so I can you know still remember hearing that. Yeah. And- um, just being. Are we are we going through the songs on Rusty here before we go to Burnout? No, we'll we'll do all the songs at oh. the end. We'll uh, we'll oh, okay. list our song and then we'll you know we can kind of look at it all as a whole. But um, yeah, so Burnout. Um, two things. Well, I guess three things. One, the production was always a little. It was speaking of it, it was always a little weird to me. I don't know why. I think it's just in the guitar tone. It sounded a little different. Oh. Like I, it's I don't dislike it. It just sounds unique. In fact. It sounds very much like this. This record has always reminded me of uh, the Homecoming record by Craig's brother. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. And and again, I, I should have looked to, to see who produced or engineered those records because it maybe maybe it was Steve. I don't know. Uh, no, both, I don't think Steve did Homecoming. Um, yeah, it's always sounded very similar to me for whatever reason. That's another band that was super tight oh, and very talented guitar, very talented instrumentalist. Period. But. Um, just sounded maybe a little bit too much like Lagwagon vocally. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's always been my thought. But I've always, I've, I've actually, I was always more into Craig's brother than Lagwagon because I would have been, again, the whole 
youth group thing. Yeah, it wasn't tooth and nail artist, right? Yeah. But so, yeah, I always loved yeah. the production on Burnout. Like I've I've seen comments yeah. about you know the snare drum and you know you mentioned the yeah. guitar, but and, and again maybe if I listened to to it today as a new album, I'd have different thoughts. But it sounded right. so good to me back then that when I listened to it again this last week, I was just like, man, this album sounds so good. Maybe what it boils down to for me, because the artwork on that album too, I've always kind of been like, wow. It's pretty bad. It's, again, I used to think it was iconic. amazing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, again, it's iconic, right? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. I can't think of any other album that has artwork like that, but it's always made me feel like the the whole overall vibe of the album was just like weighing down. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's a... I mean, not dark in like, oh, it's it's a dark imagery sort of thing. It's just a very dark cover. <laughs> yeah. And all I can think of when I'm listening, if I put head- headphones on and listen to that record, I just feel like I'm in a dark room oh. listening to that record. It's this weird, like, connection that I've made with that record. And I don't, you know, it. I, I know it, it. it's somehow it's the artwork and the production all working together. Maybe because to me, the production doesn't feel overly alive. Okay. Um it's just like, again, I, I don't put it on and go, oh, I can't stand this. I really like that record, and it sounds fine. It's just this weird combination of things that I've always found. And, uh, yeah, but I, I still really like it. It's still super tight oh, yeah. skate punk, pop punk sort of stuff, right? And it's it's really good. And I, I think it stands the test of time. Like, when putting it on again, I will go back to it. I don't go back to it as much as Rusty, okay. but I will go back to it. Oh, I wanted to say, sorry, back to Rusty briefly. Um, this makes me laugh is that so the first song on Rusty is called Feeble yeah right but on on Apple Music they've actually typoed it and it's called Phoebe (laughs) weird (laughs) so it's F-E-E-B-I-E instead of (laughs) F-E-E-B-L-E Phoebe and I even like I remember like I I I sent a picture on Instagram at Apple Music one time I was like by the way this song's not called Phoebe but they don't care yeah (laughs) that's awesome I wonder how many typos there are on songs on like Apple Music and Spotify and stuff that just get left behind oh yeah but um Burnout anyways so you you like this record yeah yeah oh I love it you know it it definitely does have a darker feeling when you say you feel like you're in a dark room and you know, there's yeah. there's just so many cool like chord progressions and darker chords, mm. and what's interesting is so they added a second guitar player on this album, yeah. Which which I was really excited about, you know, back when you open the liner notes and you see this guy. And but as I re-listened through the album, I noticed that there's not actually a whole ton of lead guitar parts, like right. not nearly as much as as Rusty. It's like I wonder what what the thought was with that you know it's like let's add a second guitar yeah. but a lot of the time they're playing the same thing there was lots of songs like yeah. man i can i can just hear a sweet lead part here but it's just which you know, is in- the yeah chords. which is interesting because when we get into um wake up screaming that was one of my notes but mm. but opposite yeah um but so let's let's talk about burnout though because because um yeah like it's it is weird because it, yeah, it just feels like I don't know if their focus was like we just want to make fast music. Let's just make fast music and yeah, you know been. the second guitar, the second guitar part, or not guitar part, but second guitar player. I mean, I guess you could make the argument it'll make them sound bigger live. Yeah, but yeah, was that Dale Yob that joined? Them? Yeah, who also played in the Cooties. I was to say, speaking of the Cooties, um, so yeah, I, I. It, it, you could be right. I didn't notice a ton of lead guitar parts on um, 
on Rusty either, though. Yeah, well, not necessarily. Like, I mean, there's, like, I mean Joe's. Yeah, like Joe's sick has a guitar solo in it. Yeah. Uh, on, but to, I don't know. Like they, those first two albums, I found like it was just like let's play te- if I could speak tight, fast punk rock, and uh, yeah. But it is interesting to add a second guitar player and not really utilize that guy too too much. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm it's, guessing that Steve Kravak again. Back to him because I've listened to a number of podcasts with him. And I know when MXPX went with him, he was really yeah. kind of pushing like to simplify, like again, make it yeah. really tight, but kind of keep it simple. And so I wonder if well, that I'd, was yeah. a part of going from Rusty to that, if he was kind was of like, say, you know, too many guitar parts. I'd heard the same thing in regards to um, uh, the Dingies, yeah. how he really simplified what they were doing. I think it was, um, might have been the labeled episode about Ethan Luck. Yeah. Yeah, or with been. Ethan Luck that he that he talked about how you know he he really wanted to simplify specifically he was talking about drums because yeah. Ethan Luck played drums on that record, um, but uh, yeah he was talking about simplifying that and uh, yeah it's 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 uh, yeah that very well could be a thing I don't know how that record was written right like if if they wrote a number of the songs like kind of in sessions in prep for the album or if they just kind of naturally wrote them like if Steve had a hand sort of in any of that or if it was just like when they like if they had lead guitar parts written yeah, yeah and then he was just kind of like meh yeah like look, 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 don't worry about that right like yeah. really Steve's just trying to like save time he's like nah 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 we don't want to go even <laughs> though those are two pretty talented guitar players yeah. we don't want to go through that we'll just uh We'll just leave it be. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how Jackson felt, you know, because so I guess there's not a lot of leads on Rusty, but a lot of the guitar parts aren't just, you know, the progressions aren't just simple power chords like he's doing kind of a lot right. on there. So, yeah, I wonder yeah. if, you know, he was kind of bummed about, you know, if he did have more parts to put in and, and kind of was told to simplify it or, yeah, who knows? It's possible, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, um, it, I mean, I, I would be interested in finding finding that out if that's... If that's the thing, their Wikipedia page didn't really give a ton yeah, of information. Much. You know, <laughs> I was I was disappointed, and I mean, because I was like, okay, they've been around for a while, obviously. Like, you know, maybe there'll be some good stuff. No, nah, there's not really a whole. I could, maybe could have done some digging for like old interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, but, um, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah, but I do feel that burnout. It has a good flow to it, like so. Maybe that kind of helped too, is simplifying things, just kind of right. from song to song. You know, like you have a song like East on Tracks where it's got. You know, that sweet part, but then the rest of the song is kind of pretty straightforward guitar-wise, and it kind of helps to break it up a bit. Because Rusty, you know, when I listen to it, I love it, but it is, it's a pretty busy album. Right. And so I, I, I can see how going into the next one, you know, kind of just kind of hone in on, on their sound and just making it a really smooth record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the flow from start to finish is, is pretty good. And that's something that I, I feel like... For those first three records, for sure, uh, Slick Shoes were really good at. Yeah, they were really they were really good at kind of like pacing and sequencing records. And I don't know if, if there's any if you had any more notes on Burnout or not because that's a segue into uh, something about that I wanted to talk about with with Wake Up Screaming. But before we move on, is there is there anything? that stands out or that you wanted to mention that you didn't mention yet about that record about burnout uh just another note on uh, that i thought burnout was a lot more dynamic you know rusty is pretty straight up just fast the whole time mm-hmm. like there's a few songs that break up but i thought that burnout kind of brought a few different variations of tempos and dynamic and 
Right. And so that that made that record really stand out for me as well. Wake up screaming. I feel like this might be where we kind of potentially <laughs> diverge paths. Yeah. Um, so the sequencing on Wake Up Screaming is something that I really like because there's a couple instances, um, and, I, and I may, I can't remember if they both ended up on my picks of songs or if I had to kind of choose one over the other, but there's a couple inst- instances where one song literally goes straight into the next song. Okay. And it, if I wasn't paying attention, I never noticed that it was two different songs. Mm. Um, but uh, anyway, so they do that. The only thing, well, okay. The only thing I don't really like about Wake Up Screaming is the final track. I don't understand its purpose. It's so dumb. <laughs> I can't. Like it's just that instrument. Which one? It's just is like that? an instrumental. I don't know. I don't uh, remember what it's called, but it's just like a little instrumental, like rock song. Bum, 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 oh yeah, bum, yeah. Bum, like na, noise. Na, na. Isn't that like a riff from like noise, rock and roll eight noise pollution or something? Maybe, you know, yeah. ACDC song know, but, or something. Or was that, like... I'm trying to think if that's actually a bonus track. I'm just, like, trying to listen on my phone right now. What? Yeah, okay, so it's a bonus track, but there's, like, no time... Uh, okay. ...between the last track and that bonus track. Uh, okay. Like, so yeah. it's not originally listed. Originally, the, the, the last song is not that far, which is fine, then, but... There's no like you know like dead space or anything between um, the last two tracks, so it just feels like oh that's their outro that they went with. Yeah. And I can't I can't stand it. It was so dumb. <laughs> you should just left that off of there. Yeah. But okay, so let's get into this one <laughs> because, like I said, I think we're gonna go different directions on this one. Yeah. Well, my first note is huge change from the first two albums. You know, yeah. and I'm guessing a big part of that. <laughs> also more member changes. Yeah, and I'm guessing that was a big part of it. You know, like you lose your, your founding guitar player. I don't know. Maybe th- yeah. I think they even got two different two new guitar players on that album because I don't think Dale was in I that one so. either. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sure that was a big change. So, yeah, I'd be curious to know if it was, you know, just those players coming in and just different styles or if they right. intentionally, you know, kind of lightened up on things. Like, it's definitely a lot more of a lighter record than, you know, coming from Burnout, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I would say... I don't know if I agree that it's lighter, necessarily. Like, it's it definitely has some poppier elements. There are some songs where... You know, it, it goes straight into more pop punk. In fact, there's a song on here that made me. Um, it's the one I can't remember the, the title of it right now. But it's like, bam, bana, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I was like driving around listening to it in my car because this is the only physical CD I own now of Slick Shoes. Oh, okay. Uh, I used to own the first three, and then at one point I sold them all to buy a used pool table when I was living oh, with my old roommates. Worst decision ever. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? There's so many of them like, why? But so this one I actually found at a thrift store not that long ago. I was like, oh, I really like this album. And um, but that, So I was driving around listening to that, and then when that song came on, it made me put on Newfound Glory because uh, it reminded yeah. me a lot of Newfound Glory. And see, a riff um, like that to me is just not nearly as good as so many of the ones on Burnout. You know, I don't even right. know if I consider that a riff. Like, no, nah, I mean it's just like I mean it's just a chord progression. That's uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Um, it's not my favorite song on the record by any means, but uh, 
much like on you know on this record, much like on the first two records, uh, I I like when they would kind of lean into a little you know some of those hardcore influences. Oh, man, that's my favorite. Yeah, and so those a lot of the times would end up being songs that I would gravitate towards, and they always seem to be towards the end of the record. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Within the last few songs, but um, yeah, so I definitely they do they do that on here at one point or another, and uh, and the one thing that I really enjoyed listening to with this one is you talk about you know on Burnout they had two guitar players, and there wasn't really any lead guitar sort of stuff. Yeah, on. On this record, again, they have two guitar players. Um, I don't remember. One guy's name is Greg. I can't yeah, remember the Greg other guy's Tagawa name. And yeah. So on on this on this record, though, what I really appreciate is that they've hard panned the guitar parts. Uh, okay. So oh, I, I don't know that. who's who, but one is hard panned left and the other is hard panned right. So if you're listening, a lot of the time they're not playing the exact same things. Okay. Which is really awesome. I really enjoyed listening and hearing you know the different pieces come and go on this record and I think that made me kind of get into it a little bit more because when I first bought this you know at the thrift store and I put it back in I was kind of like it doesn't really stand up to me the way it used to Yeah. but when I was listening through it this time I don't know if it was because I was like making myself listen and then picking up on these things and then kind of feeling that come back um, like enjoying it I really started to enjoy it again and uh, this is so so this record was the one that I first saw them touring okay um it was yeah, it was it was for this album, and actually the opening band on that tour was a band called Cooter, who oh, then yeah. changed their name to auto, yeah to Autopilot. Yeah, Off. actually those um, two bands played in Brandon, Manitoba. I didn't get to go oh, nice. to my buddies went, but well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and so like it was funny, like quick side story with I met like I think it was the bass player from eventually Autopilot Off after that show, and we were talking, and I was like, man, really liked your enjoyed your guys set, blah 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 blah, and he's just like. They, I guess, had signed a crappy deal with. Uh, do you remember the label Fast Music? Uh, no. It was really. like I feel like it was this short-lived label that came out of like an internet website sort of deal. Oh, okay. But they had signed to that label, and um, he was like, "Yeah, just go steal our record," because they were they were so just upset about it. With yeah, there was something that went wrong that went sideways with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they ended up changing their name to Autopilot off down the road, yeah. and they had you know they had some. All right, success in the early 2000s pop punk scene. They ended up on some movie soundtracks yeah. and stuff. I but, love that album um, so much. That which that first one, Autopilot or, Off, uh, Change of Sound, or uh, okay, um, not Change of Sound, uh, that Strike Anywhere. Oh no, I can't remember what <laughs> so it's called. Close. But anyways, I love that album. Yeah. So like the first one that they were touring that I, I owned, what they were under the name Cooter, and I can't remember the name of the album, but it had like you know like the classic where you take a picture keep the shutter open for a couple seconds yeah, when yeah. the cars are driving by so like the tail lights yeah. yeah I can picture so it, was it. Like, that, was, that was the cover eventually they changed their name and re-released it under autopilot off but I always had that cooter one now I don't have it because again I probably sold it when I sold all my other CDs yeah. um, well and those two bands did a yeah. split too yeah that's right I'm assuming for that tour or after the tour yeah. or something I don't remember but yeah, but yeah so I mean like I, I ended up coming back to this record and really liking it um I think maybe because you talked about, you know, like the dynamic on Burnout, you know, being more dynamic than Rusty. I think this record's even more dynamic still. Mm, interesting. Uh, and yeah, and, and I, I think it's just like maybe in the you know, like pace changes, like tempo changes um, and kind of like different vibe changes from time to time. And then the fact, like I said, there's a couple songs where they sequence right into each other. Um, and plus it has another iconic intro. Yeah. <laughs> 
glory, hallelujah. Oh, I remember thinking that was Classic. so cool back then. Now it's kind of annoying. And then, but... and then like the scream. Yeah. Oh, and here's a little here's a little story about this record. I remember when you opened it up, um, there was a picture on the inside of the band, and like I want to say one of the guys, one of the members, is like screaming in Ryan's ear. Yeah. And then they're all just kind of standing. But I think it was Greg Tagawa. He had um, he had like it's either him or Ryan had four ear piercings and they were all hoops. Okay. And oh, I yeah. wanted so like after I bought that record for my 16th birthday, my mom was like, "Hey, I'm going to take you to get your ears pierced," which is a oh. weird <laughs> birthday gift. Yeah. I but I immediately went all in and got four piercings. Dang, 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 and it was like. Uh, but I never actually got into the hoops because I couldn't stretch my ears enough to get good hoops in there so i just had studs for years nice. and now i don't have anything because yeah. eventually i lost studs and that's but, kind of an you know, in- it is what it is interesting like side note about this area of bands is just how influenced yeah. at least i was on you know looking at band pictures and just being like oh man like those guys are just dressed yeah. so cool that is that's what i use yeah. for my fashion sense you know those was band yeah. pictures I mean, and I wore- stuff wore dickies all day in either vans or converse yeah. like it was like you know shopped at value classic. village for you know like random companies shirts and i still do yeah. that though oh, I'm, me too. I'm wearing a shirt from value village right now Man, love it. <laughs> and i'm still wearing vans the only thing that's changed is i'm not wearing dickies <laughs> you know what i got a pair of, of sorry this is kind of a tangent but i got a pair i was in my friend's wedding 12 years ago and we wore black dicky shorts and black dickies yeah. like button up uh, like work shirts. I've right. worn those shorts every summer for the last twelve years, <laughs> and they're still That's they're awesome. still amazing. They're just worn in just perfectly, and so shout out to dickies. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think I could wear anything that I wore twelve years ago. I don't think they'll fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I I I grew a little in that time, but um, yeah, so thoughts on wake up screaming i know obviously you're not as big into it as the first two records yeah and it might have just been a, a culmination or combination whatever word is appropriate for that of uh <laughs> right. of yeah. you know kind of i just didn't it didn't seem overly inspired or it didn't kind of give me the same emotions as previous albums and at that time i was probably getting into heavier music and so it sure. just didn't kind of stand out as much. So as I re-listened to it, I kind of had some of those same thoughts of like, yeah, this is okay, but this is probably my least favorite album of theirs kind of overall. Right. Like it's still, if I listen to it, I still enjoy it, but it's definitely not going to be one that that I revisit very often. But I do challenge you to find a tooth and nail artist that uh, had a better first three records. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with <laughs> like that. Like even had- like some of the heavy hitters... You know, like MXPX, well, I mean, you're going to, like Poconaccio, you're going to uh, really throw out the window. Teenage Politics yeah. is okay. You know, I like Teenage Politics, but it's definitely a little more um, nostalgic. Then, I mean, they really hit their stride, obviously, life in general, slowly going the way of the Buffalo, that kind of stuff. But yeah, for, yeah. like, first three records, I mean, maybe the Supertones might yeah. be knocking yeah, on that door. Yeah, they've had some but, great ones, too. But, I mean, I, I was never a huge ska fan, but uh, I would definitely say... That like that first Supertones record is fun, but it doesn't. It still doesn't compare to Rusty, you know. So, oh no, it sounds horrible. That it, it really does. It called, really or, does. Yeah. Um, Although I love Supertones, Strike Back and Chase the Sun. Those are great albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to we want to kind of move forward because we're, we're getting a little long here. So um, you say that uh, Wake Up Screaming felt a little uninspired to you. That's exactly how I describe the self-titled record.
This is the first record outside of, you know, like Wake Up Screaming and maybe like that secret track the that we were talking about, the instrumental thing. Yeah. Um, this is the first record that actually has a song that I will skip every single time on it. Uh, okay. Can you guess what song it is? Uh, no, I can't, can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, Friday Night? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I cannot stand that. So my biggest yeah. problem with this record is they they start they were knocking on the door of doing something cool production wise and then I think they blew it uh, because yeah. it sounds to me like this is the first record maybe that Ryan is double tracked and I re- okay. and I really like it but then they kind of bury his vocals in the mix and the music like just doesn't sound it's not doing anything for me that warrants a burial of the vocals behind the music. Um, you know, if like the if the guitars were doing something interesting, I could maybe get behind it a little bit, but they're just, yeah. they're just not, and so I just kind of like hear this record and I kind of go, I just feel blah listening to it. Hmm. There are some songs that I was able to kind of pick out of it, um, but yeah, for sure this record I was I was struggling. Yeah, I wonder uh, if I should. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find who produced uh, Wake Up Screaming or this one. Like, I don't know if it was. It was similar. Yeah, we'd have and to go I back and if... check liner notes from actual albums. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have. Uh, I don't know if I have either of those on a hard copy. But and then, like, did they get new guitar players again yep. this yeah, one, yeah. or was I believe was it still the same guys? Or what? well, I mean, Greg's not in the band for sure. I don't oh, know because okay. I don't remember who joined. But if you look at their list of members, I believe this yeah. might be this might be where Jonah joins, and he is still oh, in the okay. band. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because like, because uh, now ba- like I think Jackson's back in the band now. Yeah, I mean they're not really doing it that full time, so I guess they can all come back and just play shows here and there. Yeah. Um, okay, so it doesn't show Jonah being in the band. Jonah, yeah, Jonah Peterson. Although I think maybe he's not anymore. But I think when they first reunited, he was in the band. They're on, are they on Fueled by Ramen right now? I don't think they're signed to anything. I, I saw they, that on there, yeah. and I don't know what... I, I thought maybe that was the split with Cooter oh, or something. Possible. Was Fueled by Ramen around then? I don't know. Maybe. But, because, um, yeah, Joe's back in the band. Joe Nixon. Um, did he Did he ever leave? Uh, that's... is it? Oh, wait, hold I on. Think, I think him and Ryan were always there. Um, or is it him and Jeremiah who were always... Anyways. Yeah, Jackson and Jeremiah had left and then came back kind of to play here and there so um so yeah but but anyway i believe this is maybe where jonah joins the band because i saw them again i don't know if it was touring this record or if it was touring the next record um because i saw them twice within a short amount of time because uh because oh, okay. they came through and uh then they played um warp, warp tour that year as well oh yeah and so which was when i think they signed a side one dummy so i'm not sure if it happened in between there or what but um yeah so I don't know. This record, I just wasn't wasn't big on, and yeah, I kind of lump it in with "Wake Up Screaming." Like it's both, you know. As I listened to this, I was like, well, "There's enough tracks that do stand out," but again, nothing. Yeah, you know, nothing the same as the first two by yeah. means. And see, like maybe "Wake Up Screaming" came along at a time because what did we decide that was released in 2000? Um, and so, like that was like I would have been in grade 10 or 11 when that came out, and yeah. so it was it was like a peak album for me. Um, you know, it came out shortly after, like, Anima of the State. It came, you know, there was a bunch yeah. of stuff that came out, and it was right in there. But um, maybe by the time Slick Shoes, like, the self-titled came out, I was sort of 
it, I think that's maybe where I lost a little bit of interest in them because then I did not like I, I think I breezed through Far From Nowhere at some point, but I hmm. for sure enjoyed Far From No Far From Nowhere way more than the self title. Oh yeah, record. yeah for sure. I feel like they get yeah. back a little bit to you know kind of that a little more of the skate punk, a little less of the pop punk. Still a mix, but um, yeah, just a little more I think. Yeah, well, it stands out the most on the self-titled is that's when they were, uh, like, I'd go, you know, all these bands' websites at school when I had, you know, a spare at the library, and they had this website that was in progress for what felt like eternity, Yeah. but they had these, like, little animated, like, stick figures, like, uh, on stage and then a bunch kind of watching, Yeah. and they had a clip from one of the songs... Uh, playing, and I remember being like super stoked on that clip, <laughs> and so I, I I do like that song, but that's kind of what stood out the most about that album, right? Yeah, I yeah. can't really remember like how much I listened to it back then or, or whatever, yeah. but so yeah. it's yeah, it's it's got its ups and downs, but again, nothing nothing gets me like super stoked about it necessarily. Yeah, no, it's I, like it's one that I likely won't go back to. Whereas if we if we move on to Far From Nowhere. Um, I found myself wanting to go back to this record. At first, I was like, like Darko is okay as an opener. I was kind of like, ah, and like I remembered that song. I don't know if I like why specifically that song stood out. I think they may have a video for it. Okay. But, um, but then listening to the rest of the record, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, 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 oh, I, I, I can love get into it. this." Yeah, it's 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 quite it's it's a nice return considering you know like for me with self titled, I was kind of I, I had written them off, and yeah. uh, you know like to go back now years later and listen to what followed up, I'm like, okay, it's I mean it's not at the same level as those first two two to three records for me, but it's a like if if I if I removed self titled like if that wasn't a thing. Um, right, you know those four records. I'd be like, that is a solid discography. That is a solid, you know, punk rock, pop punk, whatever skate punk discography. I can get behind. Yeah, yeah, and there's like you it's know got again, the one they, blip, had, they had they uh, had some. Well, they must have got another new guitar player on this one, but there's a yeah. like there's significantly better guitar leads and right. I mean, the album sounds amazing. And yeah. what's what's interesting about this one is they went with a. A producer on a guy named Ed Stasium, I think. Okay. So I was looking him up on Wikipedia, and the only band I really uh, recognized was he'd done like a whole bunch of the Ramones records. So he's oh, an wow. older guy. Like yeah. the picture, he looked like he was like seventy or something. Crazy. Yeah, so it was yeah. kind of interesting. I was like, oh, I wonder what made them go to to a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely definitely a little. I want to say it's their rawest sounding album, production okay. wise. Um, yeah. Because I I think those first two records sounded pretty tight production wise like i know you pointed out like the production on rusty but to me it's always been like one that flows fine whereas this one i feel yeah. like the guitars sound a little raw the drums sound a little dirtier i mean it's just maybe them mm. getting older right like i will say this about slick shoes i am I, i'm glad they did not go the way of bands like goaty hook because like goaty hook oh, like kind of the rock side of yeah stuff and, like that i mean yeah. maybe that's that that might be another band that we look at and uh go back and listen to because yeah when they made that turn i'm glad they that slick shoes never kind of made that turn where they're like we're getting older guys you know but yeah we gotta gotta mature and get yeah lame. 
So yeah, we're getting we're getting a little long on this episode. So let's let's get down to um, the tracks. We we each kind of made a fifteen. It's supposed to be fifteen songs, um, a fifteen song playlist sort of deal, and a minimum of two songs from each record. So let's go through record by record. So what did you have yeah. off of Rusty? Uh, for Rusty, I got I got Feeble or yeah. Phoebe as yeah. iTunes likes to call it, uh, just because it. Just the memory of just first hearing that, and it just always takes me back to that place. Yeah. And it's just a great, great opening song. You know, yeah. it kind of goes to that halftime for that. Uh, you know, do you remember when we went walking hand in hand? Yeah, yeah. So kind of, you know, to it end it like a swing kind of there. <laughs> yeah. So did you, did you have that song? I or did. No? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, again, I, I love. It's a it's a fantastic opener, and it's got an iconic sort of you know clip off the start and it just really like blasts from the get-go and it's one that i can sing along to pretty much word for word for the most part um so yeah it it was a no-brainer for me to throw that one on there yeah Uh, my second one is rusty Uh, so that one again with the memory tied to it it was on uh i don't know if you remember uh, truth videos it was like skateboarding, yeah. surfing kind of videos. They, and I was thinking about these not long ago. I'm wondering if these are the same ones because that was uh, – I remember hearing some old school dogwood on one of those as well. Yeah, yeah. It could have been. Yeah. So there was a song. The song Rusty was on a, a snowboarding or something. Okay. And, yeah. and me and my buddy would just always watch that. And I just thought that song kind of stood out. It's a bit, a bit more diverse and different than some of the other songs. It's got some cool parts in it. And, yeah. Um, so then, and then my uh, – my other one is a mix of Father Son Picnic and Tired of You. Okay. Um, you know, as I'll mention with the other albums, I love when they kind of go into that you know melodic hardcore realm. Yeah. And uh, so these songs, uh, just that guitar part in the beginning of Father Son Picnic, I remember always just standing out to me. And and uh, yeah, I, lo- I love those ones. So I ended up with two different songs after that. Uh, I'm assuming, did you just have the three on there, or do you have more? Yeah, just yeah, just those three. Okay, so I ended up after Feeble. I had Joe Sick um, because oh, it's a classic one. I've always liked how tight the drums are with the like the palm muted guitar at the beginning. And then I always loved the video where they got like break dancers and stuff. So random. Yeah, in the garage, tooth and nail videos. And then much like you, like kind of getting in touch with those hardcore influences. I had buy what's right. I've always yeah enjoyed that song. A little harder edge for them. And yeah, it, it always comes out. And Father Son Picnic was one I was debating, and then yeah. I went with Buy What's Right instead. So what okay, about? Well, good because that was another one I had. And I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll, I like Father Son Picnic. So, so what about uh, Burnout? What do you have off Burnout? Uh, obviously, I've got East on Tracks as the first one because yeah. you know, I just remember first hearing that. You know, yeah, that's kind of when I started playing guitar too, and of course, okay. you know, probably wasn't able to pull that off. And, yeah. But you know, just printing off tabs and trying yeah. to do it and even just getting close to it was like oh man like i almost got this yeah once the pig <laughs> yeah, scrape comes in i'm good, good to go <laughs> yeah i also have um, east on track so yeah my second one is when does it end okay it's kind of got you know kind of a cool hardcore feel to start it and yeah and uh, an awesome singing singing verse and and just good chunky guitar parts and uh yeah so that was another one that that really stood out so did you just have the two yeah. or three on there um, oh, I've got East on Tracks, When Does It End, and then uh, the last one, Learn to Unlearn, uh, which is kind of yeah. two songs in one. Like it goes into, you know, it's it's that fast, again, kind of hardcore sounding song, 
And then it kind of stops for a second and does that snare hit where it goes like, yeah, yeah. which is actually a re-recorded song. Um, so there's two. There's one song, Wake Up Screaming, that I'll talk about. And then, and then the second part of this last song were both re-records from the EP, which I thought was pretty interesting. Right. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. but Well, I knew like uh, um, the first song on the EP, is it Silence? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, like that one. I was like, "Wait, okay, I know this song," and I, and then I was like, "Is it somewhere?" So I was looking for silence on the other records, but it's like I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so for for myself, again, getting into the harder sort of side, I clench fists, uh, black eyes. Oh man, I love that one. Also so at much. East on tracks, and then uh, late night showing was uh, okay. My other song on the list. So let's move yeah, on hard. on to wake up screaming. Yeah, this. So again with this album, like there wasn't necessarily ones where I was like, these are my go-to ones. So kind of as I re-listened through it, I kind of had to pick out ones. Um, so I have "Have I Said Too Much?" Yep. Um, Which I also "This have. Is Your Life." Yep. <laughs> uh, kind of you know a harder feeling song, and then yep. and then that song I guess. Which was the re-recorded one from oh, okay. uh, from the first one? And I just yeah, I just love that guitar. That's just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing just, I love about Slick yeah. Shoes is like the quick palm muting sort of things. Oh, they man, do. It gets me so every time. I actually have four songs from this record. So I have "Have I Said Too Much" and "This Is Your Life." But then um, I'm not a huge saw so- a song, a huge fan of the song "Angel." But I have it on here yeah. simply because of the way it goes into, like, just bleeds straight into peace of mind. And I like peace of mind. And so okay. th- how those two tracks go together, it's one of those yeah. sequencing things I was talking about. It happens later on the album as well, if I recall. Um, but, yeah, it was I, – I, I dig those two songs. So self-titled, what do you have from that record? I've got the opening track, My Ignorance. Okay. I think that's a really good opening track, and I really like that one. Uh, no more words. So that's the song that was um, on the website. Oh, okay. So I had to I had to pick that one, and it starts with that with that cool palm muting. I can't uh, yeah. I can't hear it in my head right now, but um, I'm always a sucker for a song that starts with with palm muting. <laughs> and then uh, 151, which is I think towards later later in the album. Yeah, I just love the opening riff and the vocal harmonies, and great great album closer. So this this record, I just kind of picked two songs that I was okay with. <laughs> um, Ten ways and so much more were kind of like I I could not really get into this record. So chances are when I present a list to Jordan, I'm going to. Uh, take your songs <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that, that you put a little like a little more thought in because yeah this one i was like ah i mean i guess i don't mind this song and i don't mind this song so this will work for me um but yeah that's that's kind of kind of where i was with that one now finally far from nowhere what are your songs off that one uh my first one is now's the time i'm not sure if they had a video for that one but i just love uh, that opening riff where it's like and then there's like a lead guitar part comes in and so I love that um, Hope Against Hope yeah. which uh, so that song I think was originally on the Cooter split oh okay interesting and so again yeah re-recording kind of an old one yeah and uh, yeah again just it's got that kind of hardcore feel to it great chorus and it's kind of all the things in a Slick Shoes song that I like <laughs> yeah. and uh then I got uh, Hello Stupid, which okay. is just a really, really catchy song. Yeah. And I can't picture what it is in my head, but 
Yeah. I really like that one. <laughs> and then down, then the last one I had was Downhill. Okay. I, I don't have any notes for that one, but just another song that stood out. So, so, so I also have Hope Against Hope. Um, and then I, I also had Once Again, and I don't know if I'll say this oh, right, Carpenteria. Carpenteria? Oh, yeah. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, those are, I, I, I enjoyed that that last record and in the end it was just kind of like oh yeah no this will work this will work hope against hope yeah. was i think when i was first listening to that record the first song that kind of like really perked my ear i was like whoa mm. this is and then you know get excited to go back and listen and kind of dive in a little bit more but so i'm going to present these songs some of these songs anyways i'm not going to make them listen to you know 25 songs that's a little unreasonable uh, but i'm going to i'm going to present these to jordan who of course if if this is the first episode you're listening to Congratulations on making it this far, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to. Uh, I, I normally I have another co-host that we kind of do newer music reviews with and stuff. So Aaron's going to be my guy for you know we're going to do some older stuff and maybe even some like discussions that aren't specifically about albums but other yeah. music topics. Um, and then uh, and then Jordan is the guy who I do kind of shorter reviews with. I'm going to present him with a list of Slick Shoes songs, and literally in a few seconds. Um, or minutes, whatever, you're going to hear his reactions through the magic of, you know, stuff. Um, that's technology. That's the word I'm looking for. But, uh, yeah, real real quickly, I'm going to throw out some uh, some social media sort of stuff. Uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash music to my peers podcast. Just look up music to my peers. It'll get, to, it'll get you there. Uh, I'm on Instagram at david to my peers. Uh, we're also at uh, musicpeers.blogspot.com. Aaron, are you out there in the in the internet world at all? I am floating on the Wi-Fi wherever you need me. Floating on the <laughs> Wi-Fi. Surfing uh, the Instagram. waves of the web. <laughs> uh, A.W. Friesen, but that might soon be changing to Aaron to my peers. So yeah. Yeah. check I, that I, out if you like. I give you full permission. <laughs> I know yeah. you're, you're, you're like, I said you should do it. Then you're like, I was actually going to ask. I'm like, yep. Full permission. Go ahead. So, if you don't find him under under AW Freeze and look up Aaron to my peers, um, and then uh, yeah, because he's he's been on the show enough that I think he's officially a part of the family. He's he's officially a, a peer. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but um, I'm the creepy second cousin <laughs> <laughs> who likes to dance too close at the big family get-togethers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I always bring a good time, so it's always <laughs> worth having me there. That's awesome. So. Um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do it for our, our recap of the Slick Shoes discography. If you've got bands that you think we should look at, either entire discographies or if they've been around forever and have released twenty albums, like specific eras of their uh, time, hit us up. I'd, I'd be down for that on any of yeah, those social sure. media uh, sites. You can you can do that. Also, like musicpeers.blogspot.com. If you, I would love it if that became a place where we started having conversations because there's posts about each episode and you can comment at the bottom and. It would be fun to do. I don't know if people will ever do. You, you, I think, are the only one who's ever done that. Sweet. <laughs> Back when you first started listening, you commented. Yeah. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" But uh, yeah, so that that's going to do it for this. We're going to do this again. Like I said, if you made it this far, congratulations. We're going to edit there. Thank you for listening to one of these lost episodes of Growing Up Punk back in the day when we were known as Music to My Peers. Uh, yeah, this is where I'm going to give you the the housekeeping things. Follow us on uh, Twitter. At Growing Punk Pod or on Instagram at Growing Up Punk. And uh, you can also follow myself 
at David Growing Up on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk. Of course, you can find the show wherever you find podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, YouTube, you name it. It's there. Wherever you're listening, make sure uh, you subscribe, you rate, review, all that kind of stuff. And thank you so much for checking us out. Adios, friends. (laughs) 